Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Want to open up with your Bibles. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation All right. to those who are in Christ Amen. Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Amen. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son and the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin and the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. This morning, Father, I just ask, that your will would be done. Open our ears so we may hear and our hearts so we may understand and receive from you today. God, I'm asking that you would guide me and lead me, that I'd say nothing more and nothing less than what you have for your people today. I'm relying 100% solely upon you, God. Please, Father, give me the words to say. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There is therefore now no condemnation. If you don't mind highlighting, writing in your Bibles, <coughs> you want to underline, there is therefore now. Not tomorrow. Right. Not six weeks from now. Okay. Not next year. Not ten years from now. Not before you get everything together and not before you work out everything in your life and every problem goes away, not before any of that. Therefore, now, there is no condemnation. Some of us live under a constant state of condemnation. We live under a state of condemnation because of choices in our past, because of things that we've done, choices we've made. We live in a state of condemnation. But if you and I know Christ as Lord and Savior, therefore, right now, at this moment, there is no condemnation for those who walk according to the Spirit. So there are two reasons Christians feel condemned when we are not supposed to feel condemned. One is the enemy is torturing us. He's torturing us because of decisions that we made in the past. He's torturing us because we think, how could God forgive us? How could God have mercy on me? Even years after something we may have done or struggled with, the enemy still comes in and he attacks us. And he reminds us of what we used to do and what we used to be. How could God's grace and how could God's mercy be there for me? How can it cover what I used to be? How can it cover who I am? You don't know who I was. You don't know what I did. But God says, 
Therefore, now, Amen. right now, there is no condemnation. The enemy, he wants to destroy us through his lies. He wants to destroy us and tell us that God does not have mercy on us or can't, or that God's love changes. Or that God's love somehow dwindles by the, my actions that I take. Or that God can't love me as much as somebody else because of what I did well, before. Or what I used to do. But God loves each and every one of us the same always. He will never love anyone any more or any less than he does right now. Amen. That means you can never be good enough for him to love you more. And you can never be bad enough that he will love you less. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For God demonstrated his love for us. That even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God, who did not even spare his own son because of his love for us. The enemy, the Bible says, is like a roaring lion looking for those he can devour. And so he spends his time his plans to separate God's children one by one through depression and despair and, and, and fear and uh, uh, self-pity and doubt and right and, 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 and just feelings like we can't uh, be forgiven and God can't have mercy on us. He separates us and then he tries to devour us, to destroy us. But here's the great thing. Here's the great thing, is that even though the enemy tries to destroy you and I, even though Jesus said he's a thief who's come not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus said, take heart. Why? Because I have overcome the world. The prince of the power of the air, Satan, who is the prince of this earth, Christ overcame him. And you and I do not have to live a life of guilt and shame because of the price that Jesus paid on Calvary. Remember that the thief who was next to him on the cross did not have time to atone for his sins uh, through actions or behaviors or obedience. He had lived his life and he said, I deserve to be up here. I deserve to be punished for all the things that I've done wrong. Yet when he called upon Christ, Christ forgave him. Guess what? On the cross, on the cross, right then, at that moment, there is therefore now no condemnation for him. Amen. That's why Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Praise God. No condemnation. Don't let the enemy torture you with sins of your past. Don't let the enemy torture you with thoughts of failure, disobedience. Don't let the enemy torture you because here's the facts. He wants to destroy your, you because he doesn't want you to walk in the future that God has for you. So he will use your past to destroy you right now so that you will not accomplish God's purpose. He loves to use the past to destroy God's children. Because here's a great thing that God gave us. Memories. I have a lot of good memories. 
I, my dad passed away when I was 10 years old, and the only thing I have of him are memories. And they're good memories, right? Uh, the, the good things that we did together, the bowling. So you guys have got things in your past. They're good memories. But it's a double-edged sword. Because along with the, the good memories are the bad memories. And the memories that remind us of who we used to be and what we used to do. The devil loves to use those to whisper in your ear. Do you remember when? You can never be different than that person was. That's not who you really are. You're not different. You're who the person who was that struggled with alcohol. You're the person that was that struggled with drug addiction. You're the person that was that struggled with pornography. You're the person that was that struggled in this sin, a lustful heart, a covetous heart. You're that person. You're not who God declared you to be. Don't believe that lie. That's what he says. Don't believe what God says. It's what he did to Adam and Eve back in the garden. Don't believe God. You heard him wrong. It's what Satan said to Eve. Even though he told you this, don't believe him. You must have misunderstood. And that's what he still does today. You must have misunderstood God's grace and mercy and forgiveness. There's no way he could forgive you and help you and love you. Paul writes this for a reason. No condemnation now. Someone today needs to write that word down now so that every time you look at it now no condemnation because the first thing that gives us condemnation that brings condemnation upon us is the enemy and it is not real condemnation because the enemy is the liar and the father of lies he has lied since the beginning that's what the bible says he has been a liar from the beginning and he tells nothing but lies and his job, his function, his purpose, what all he wants more than anything is to lie to God's children and get them to separate themselves from the Father. But God's saying today to someone, there is no condemnation that God, when he forgave you, the psalmist wrote that he cast your sins as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against you or me again. What that means is, it doesn't mean God forgets stuff. It means that he chooses never to bring it up to you. Now, I've been married to my wife now. It'll be 25 years next June. And I got to tell you, I have a good memory. So whenever she's wronged me in 25 years, uh, when we, I like to bring that up every once in a while, right? And, and she's innocent. She, of course, never does that. Um, it's just me. But... Uh, um, you know what I'm talking about, right? You are hurt, and you choose to bring it up again against somebody to get them at that right moment. God isn't like that. God chooses to never hold it against us again. It's hard for us to understand because we hold grudges, right? We hold those things when we get hurt. We hold those grudges. We hold that. We expect God to do that same behavior, but he does not. It's against his character. He says, I do not remember them against you again. Meaning, as far as God's concerned, the moment that you ask for forgiveness, that doesn't matter. Anything in the past doesn't matter anymore. Never be remembered. He'll never bring it up again. So if it's being brought up to you again, it's not God. It's the enemy. That's right. Amen. Right? If you're being reminded of your past and what you used to be, that's not God. That's the enemy. Amen. Because God said, I'll never remember it against you again. I'm not going to throw it up to you ever again. Ever. 
never going to remember it against you. So the first thing is the enemy. But then there's also another reason that we find ourselves feeling condemnation. And that's when we don't walk according to the spirit, but according to the flesh. I cannot claim no condemnation if I am walking in sin. Amen. I cannot claim, therefore, there is now no condemnation if I am walking and living my life in the flesh, if I am being controlled by the flesh. I can't. I, I'm condemning myself through my actions. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to feel guilt and I'm going to feel shame. Now, I can confess those things and be instantly forgiven, and they'll never be remembered against me. But if you and I are walking in sin, if we're living according to the flesh, we are going to feel guilt and shame. Amen. Right? Uh, and that is the Holy Spirit convicting our hearts, mm -hmm. saying, you aren't supposed to be living that way anymore. Right? right? Many of us, like to, we, we walk in guilt, or we, we're walking in condemnation and guilt and shame, but we're not willing to change our behavior to correct that. Amen. The Bible says uh, in Romans chapter 6, he also, Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, he writes it again in Colossians chapter 3, put to death the deeds of the flesh. Right. See, Jesus Christ died, and in his death, if you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, you died too. The old man has passed away, and all things become new. Paul wrote that in Corinthians. We're supposed to be new. The old man is put to death, and we are born again, renewed in the spirit, because we identify with Christ and his death, and just as he died, we die and are raised again in life. But here's the problem. Some of us like to put the old man out and put him on again. Right? We enjoy our sin too much. We enjoy our habits too much. We enjoy that selfish feeling that it gives us too much. We dig him up again. We're grave robbers. Mm. Robbing our own grave. Wow. Wondering why we feel condemnation. Wondering why the stink is on us. <laughs> when we put it there. Right? Pigs are muddy. Why? Because they waller in mud. Right? They stink. Because they waller in filth. You and I cannot walk in the flesh and waller in filth and expect to not feel condemnation. <laughs> expect not to stink later. And we feel condemnation. We wonder, where does that condemnation come from? Well, it's the Holy Spirit pricking our hearts. Don't do that. That is not who you are. Paul said, put him down. Put that flesh down. Put him right back in the ground where he belongs. Walk in the spirit. He says, put to death the flesh. But when, when we do that, then there's no condemnation towards us. Because we are no longer walking contrary to what God's word says. When we walk in the spirit, there is therefore no condemnation. Now I want you to skip. Uh, in Romans chapter 8, I want you to skip the verse 31. So here's the deal. There is therefore now no condemnation 
For anyone who is in, who walks according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. Anyone that is in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. You are more than conquerors. Right? That's what Paul says. He's emphatic. So here's the deal. If it's the enemy that's causing your condemnation, shut him out. Tell him to be quiet. Tell him to shut up. You don't want to hear it anymore. You can tell him to be quiet. You can tell him, shut up. You have the power to do that in Jesus' name. Stop talking to me. I don't want to hear you anymore. I don't know about you, but when my children annoy me and I don't want to hear them anymore, I say either you leave the room or I walk away. Right? Some, oh my goodness, I don't know why I'm going this direction. But some of us like to sit there and have a conversation with the enemy. Wow. And you can't reason with him. You can't reason with Satan. You can't reason him away. You have one option. Tell him to leave or you leave. Don't sit there and waller with him. Don't sit there and try to talk to him. Don't sit there and reason with him. Because here's the deal. If he's reminding you of your past, it's him, not God. So therefore, don't listen to what he has to say. If he's telling you anything that's contrary to scripture, don't listen to him. If he tells you you're not worthy, God says you are worthy. If he tells you that you're not his child, God says, uh, I adopted you, that you are my child. You can call me Abba Father. You can call me Daddy. If he tells you that you cannot be forgiven, God will say, I sent my son so that everyone can be forgiven. It is not my will that any should perish, but that all should come to salvation. Amen. He sent his son to die. And how much more will he do for you? Don't listen to what the enemy has to say. Tell him to shut up. Be gone. Get lost. Pick up God's word and drown out his words with God's words. Amen. Read it. Therefore, there is now no more condemnation. Read what God has to say about the subject, not what he has to say about the subject. Don't dialogue with the enemy. Don't dialogue with him. You cannot win that argument or that conversation. He's a liar. The father of lies. And when he starts in on you, Tell him to get lost or you leave it, the situation that you're in that's causing that. If you've isolated yourself, get out of isolation. Right. If you're not reading God's word, dive into God's word and remind yourself who he says you are. But don't, don't sit there and talk to him. That's what he wants. Because he will continue to bring us further down, down, down. Until we are convinced that we are alone and no one loves us. That God himself does not love you. But that is completely contrary to what God's word says. And if this morning you are walking according to the flesh and not according to the spirit. And that's why you feel guilt and shame and condemnation. That's why you feel separated from God. Because you are walking in the flesh. And we know and we are. If you and I will confess and ask for forgiveness, he will forgive us. He is faithful and just. He will forgive us. 
and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He will have mercy on us. And then you and I too can, can claim Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Because here's the deal. When you and I are walking according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. When we recognize that there is no condemnation against us because of the price that Christ paid on Calvary, because of the sacrifice that he made, because he rose again on the third day, yeah. because he stands at the right hand of the Father as our mediator between us and God, yeah. because there is nothing the enemy can tell God about us that God doesn't already know, and there is nothing that Jesus doesn't already know about you. So when the enemy goes before to accuse you, because he's the accuser of the brethren, Jesus taps his Father on the shoulder and says, remember I died for them wow. and as we talked about last week not only do we have Jesus who stands at the right hand of the Father we have the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us who intercedes on our behalf Amen. you got two members of the Trinity talking to Father about you Yes, that's pretty amazing to me God the Father God the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ God the Son they are in perfect unity as one, and they intercede on your behalf. So the enemy, whatever he says, God knows already it's not true. Or if it was true, he's already decided I'm not remembering it against you anymore. Right. And if those things are true, then you can claim verse 31, chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Yes. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered it up for all us all, how shall not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from God's love, from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37. Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. Get that for a second. God says, that no created thing can separate you from his love. Everything that you see with your eyes, God created. God created you. God created your spouse. God created your boss. God created everything that you see. Nothing that God created can separate you from him. No matter what people say, no matter what they say against you, about you, no matter how they treat you, it can never separate you from God's love. You shall be able to not separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
nothing could separate us from God's love. Nothing. But the enemy, he loves to try. And he loves to convince us in our minds through lies and deception and deceit that we are separated. But it's all an illusion in our minds. All Satan has against you is smoke and mirrors. That's it. Smoke and mirrors. He has no power against you that God does not grant. Everything flows through him. All of his accusations, all of his lies, it's smoke and mirrors. I choose whether I stay in the fun house or not. I can stay and be distracted by the smoke and mirrors, the lies, and be lost and feel alone. I can suffer in the illusion that he puts over me. Or I can walk in the truth, wipe away the illusion. Wipe away the smoke in the mirrors and know the truth of what God says about me. Amen. Because even when the enemy traps us in our own minds with smoke and mirrors, he gets us in the illusion. God is still right there. And the midst of it, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of He's right there. He's that little voice that says, you know he's lying. You know he's not telling the truth. But I don't know about you, sometimes I get so upset, so frustrated, so mad at myself that I tell the Holy Spirit to be quiet and listen to the devil. Right? I'm so caught up in my self-centeredness and the way I'm feeling, my self-pity, my self-doubt, all the lies of the enemy that I stop listening to the Holy Spirit and I give full attention to the enemy. But he's there. You know it's not true. 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 But here's the hard part. In the midst of that dark place when we are condemned by the enemy in our own minds, we need to have the strength to reach out. And let me talk to the rest of us. If you're not in the midst of that right now, you've probably been there at some point in your life. Reach out to those who are trapped. You're God's hands and feet. And if you see someone's hurting and suffering and isolated and they're, they're being tormented by the enemy, give them a helping hand. Amen. And let them know that God loves them. Amen. Because they may be so trapped that they can't get out on their own. They need you to pray for them. Go to battle on their behalf, praying to the Father and seeking God on their behalf, interceding for them, calling out their name so they can be set free. That the truth of the Spirit will overwhelm the lie of the enemy. Amen. We have a responsibility as believers in Christ to hold each other up and not only believe the Scripture for ourselves, but to believe it for others. 
Not just make it all about me. But believe God's truth for others. Amen. And intercede on their behalf. Yeah. Don't let your brother and your sister suffer alone and be tormented by the enemy. And if you are being tormented by the enemy, don't allow him to torment you any longer. Tell him to be quiet. Zip it. And if there are specific situations or circumstances that causes all of that to come, if there are relationships that causes all that to come, and it seems like when you involve yourself in that relationship, or you involve yourself in that behavior, or you watch that TV show, or you watch that movie, or you do that activity that allows the enemy to start speaking to you and his voice to get louder, I'm not even talking about sinful things. I'm talking about people that remind you of your past, that could cause you to be stuck in who you used to be and give door for the enemy to squeal in your ear, cut it out. Amen. Don't walk in there. An alcoholic doesn't walk in the bar and ask for water. Right. <laughs> he doesn't go party with his friends and sit down at the table if he was an alcoholic. Right. You don't put yourself in that situation. So if you are tormented by the enemy because of specific people or situation or activities, stop doing them. My dad used to say, I would say, Dad, uh, my elbow hurts when I do that. <laughs> and my dad would say, well, stop doing that. Right? <laughs> right? Mom, uh, my head hurts when I do that. <laughs> well, stop doing that, dummy. <laughs> if I see things that continue to cause me to be sucked into condemnation... Cut it out of our lives. Amen. And you got to do it when you see it and you are strong. Don't say you'll do it tomorrow. Right? When you feel it, you know it, the Holy Spirit gives you the strength to do it, do it. Yes. Because here's what's going to happen. If you don't do it right away, you're going to get sucked right back into the devil's mm -hmm. lives. Yeah. He'll draw you right back in. you got to cut it loose. The Holy Spirit is there inside of us to help us be set free. To ensure that we do not feel condemnation. But here's the thing. Who you feed is who wins. And if I'm feeding myself doubt, discouragement, pain, feeling sorry for myself, wallowing in my thoughts, if I'm feeding myself sin and worldly lust and desires, guess what? I'm starving the spirit, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm starving the spirit, man, so that he cannot stand up against the karma, the flesh. There's no condemnation now to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. Don't live in condemnation. Amen. Amen. It is not God's will for you or I to live in condemnation. That is the end. Let us stay.
thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month, we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach a loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 224. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.